holy word. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 6 in your Bibles. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. I want you to go all the way down to verse number 6, which is where we're going to start this morning. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. We're going to start in verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, verse 11, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Let's pray. Father, right now, we pause all our eyes right now are upon you. Father, we need to hear from you this morning. Lord, we're asking that you would speak very precisely and that you would speak very, very clear. God, I pray that you would help us to know what it really means to be at rest. Father, I pray for the soul this morning that has been worried, the soul this morning, Lord, that have been troubled, the soul this morning, God, that has been frustrated and agitated and, and finding hard times accepting their current situation. God, I pray that today that you would deliver them. <laughs> with a mighty deliverance. Because God, you are the one that lifts us. You're the one that bring us through. And so God, I'm asking right now that as I'm preaching, that you would empower me, use me. I'm your tool, I'm your servant today. This is a sacred and holy moment and I recognize it, Lord. So help us to learn this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. We are in number three. I can't believe that we're in part three of our series, Money Matters. Uh, we began our series a couple of weeks ago, uh, reminding ourselves that God owns it all. Say that with me. God owns it all. We talked about the fact that if we don't understand that principle, 
that foundational principle that everything else we talk about in regard to money, we would miss it. And so we realize in that message that we are called to be God's steward. And that one day that we are going to have to give an account to God for how he or how we all handled the resources that he has given to us. Last week, we talked about kingdom priority. We talked about the fact that as pilgrims and strangers in this world, that our number one objective is and should always be to seek first the kingdom. The kingdom of God is our number one priority. That wasn't established by me. It wasn't established by Foundation Church. That is what Jesus said when he said, seek first the kingdom of God. And he says everything else would take care of itself. So we challenged ourselves last week to really uh, take a look and see if we have really uh, made God a priority in our lives. And uh, in particular with regard to our money. And that have we lived our lives in a way that it is reflected. And so we talked about that last week and brought home the concept of kingdom priority. Today we're going to continue uh, in this series. And I'm going to talk about contentment. Contentment. It's a word that seems to elude our society today in many forms. Sad to say that I think that sometimes even though we are born-again believers and Christians, that sometimes we find ourselves falling into the trap of discontentment. Lack of contentment, particularly as it relates to money, has caused many of us to spend money outside of our means. In fact, I believe that the number one reason why people are in debt today over their ears when they're in debt today that they can't even do the things that are really needful is because we lack contentment. And sometimes when we lack contentment, we want more and more and more, and we step out of bounds, outside of our parameters, and we end up getting ourselves in trouble. So now kingdom priority is, is something that, that we really can't, can't do right now because we're overloaded on one side, because our priorities have gotten out of whack. So people spend, they overspend. Simply put, how many know that whatever money you have coming in, you shouldn't be putting above that, amen? You should stay within the bounds. But what most people do is they see the nice house, the nice cars, and, and the nicer things, and nothing wrong with those things at all. But how many know that if we start spending and we can't afford it, how many know that's a problem? And many of us, it's no secret today that people are overloaded today with credit card debt. And can't even pay, y'all know, you know they rip you off when it comes to interest with those credit cards. How many know what I'm talking about? 18, 24%, and we're yelling and screaming, talking about the blessing of God. This is where we live because we've fallen into a system whereby we do not, we have forgotten why we are here. And so we must understand that, that, that when, we are, when, we, when we are lacking contentment, that number one, it's going to lead us into a whole lot of other problems financially. Number two, when we're discontent at times, it is the breeding ground for complaining. 
Listen, listen to me. If you want to stop the move of God in your life, start complaining. God does not like it when his children complain. Let me say that again, because some of y'all don't really believe me. God don't like it when his children complain. He said in the word, in the word of God in 1 Thessalonians, he said, be thankful for all things. And all things, all, everybody say all. And all things, give thanks. It's not that I, don't, I can't have more, I shouldn't desire more, but it means that while I'm in route to doing whatever I'm doing, I am grateful because my God is faithful. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So the problem with money is, in our society in particular, is that it seems like the, 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 the more money we get, the more we want. Okay? People chase this thing. They want more. I mean, you know, you even see it in particular in, 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 uh, in sports, in professional sports. And these athletes, they'll sign these million-dollar contracts. And I say millions, 100 million, you know, millions of dollars of contract. And, and you, would, you and I sit there and look at that and say, man, I just get a piece of that. I just want one. Uh, just give me a quarter of that. Just give me half a million. I'll be good with that. But you ever notice that the ones who get it, that they are not satisfied, that they want more. And so they want more and more, and they want to keep, you know, uh, uh, just, just pay me. And, 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 and I saw this image of, uh, uh, what's it that? They call him Floyd Money Mayweather. He's a boxer. Saw an image of him one time sitting on his bed. And he got, he's sitting in the bed with all this cash, just money, he like, I got so much money, I don't know what to do with it. And you know what? He still ain't satisfied. He want more and he want more because he is a representative of what, of what our society thinks and how we think. But God called us to a higher place. How many know contentment does not come from achievement? Y'all, you're still not with me. You see, contentment is an inside job. Amen. It's an inside job. You see, contentment says, see, whether I achieve or whether I don't, I can be content. Whether I have what I want or whether I was able to get it, I'm going to shoot for it. But if for some reason it don't happen, I'm okay. You know why? Because I got the most important thing. I got Jesus. Say that name. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. And so contentment, if we want to be financially free, you say, Pastor, well, why are we talking about contentment in money matters? <laughs> because contentment, if we can find a way to be contentment, I believe that our priorities will shift. Amen. I believe, in fact, you will get financially free. See, see, it's one thing. I, used to, I had the neighbors. They had these two neighbors that lived side by side each other. We, I lived off the highway called Highway 31 in Wakefield, Virginia. Most of you have no idea what I'm talking about, so just keep listening. So it was these two houses and uh, these two neighbors. Now, I was a little kid. And these two neighbors, we used to laugh as little kids. I didn't know a whole lot of Bible. I didn't know a whole lot of things about spirituality and none of that stuff. And I just remember that these two neighbors would always go at it. What I mean is when one bought a truck, the other one bought a truck. When one put nice, pretty flowers on his house, the other one put nice, pretty flowers around his house. When one got a, you know, when one, when one, you know, bought a big satellite dish or whatever, you know, I don't think they had, they didn't have satellite dishes back in those days, but, but stay with it. So whatever, whatever one bought, 
Whatever one bought, the other one would try to buy. And so we we should sit back and laugh because we would laugh at them. You know, when one would go outside and cut this grass, the other one. It's like they were trying to make sure, I mean, they were trying to always one-up each other. One of them was my cousin. And the reality of it is, is that many people fall into that trap. You see stuff and you lust after it, and because you want it, you get yourself in trouble. And how many know we're called to a higher place? Now, I've said this before. Let me, let me define contentment for you. In the Greek, the word contentment means autarkia. All right? It means satisfied in one's circumstance or position in life. It is the state of being happy. You know the video we saw? Many of those folks, many of them, their happiness was based on their situation. If their situation was right, they were happy. If their situation wasn't right, they weren't happy. If their money was right, they were happy. If their money wasn't right, whatever that means, they weren't happy. But contentment means that I find a way to be happy. It is being satisfied, watch this, with the basic necessities of life. The basics, food, water, and clothing, as we read in the scripture this morning, I'll come back to that here in a second. The Bible calls us to be content with the necessities of life. It's not to say that we can't strive for more, but how many know that while you're striving, you should be at rest? You shouldn't be mad. You shouldn't be complaining. You should be at rest. Look at 2 Peter real quick. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord, watch this, will come as a thief in the night. Is anybody waiting for him? I say, is anybody waiting for Jesus? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and with the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Watch this. Both the earth, watch this now, and the works that are in it will be what? Burned up. I want you to visualize it, visualize it going in smoke right now. Okay, that's where it's going. You're not encouraged, are you? I got good news for you. <laughs> Therefore, watch this. He says, watch. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, watch this. What manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? In other words, I know that all this stuff is going to be dissolved. I know that all these things are going to be temporary. So what I need to do is I need to focus my energy on up, up above. Looking for, everybody say looking for. And hastening the day of God. You see, see, as the people of God, we should be, our affection should be God. That we're looking for him. That we're waiting for him. See, see the world, their stock is in things. That's why they're discontent. Their hope is in things. But how many know that, see, my hope is not in my checkbook. Amen. My hope is not in the government. My, my hope is not in my wallet. My hope is not in my mother. My hope is not in my wife. My hope is not in anything else but Jesus. The Bible says we should be looking unto him. In fact, I like Colossians chapter 3. Don't turn there. Colossians chapter 3, 1 says this. Set your affections 
your passions, your drive. He says, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. You see the difference? See? So, so for us, we are hastening, waiting for, anxious, because we understand as the people of God that these things will be, they will be dissolved someday. 2 Peter 2, 11 says this. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Got a question for you this morning. Do you see yourself here as just a, a sojourner? Do you see yourself as a sojourner of a person that's just passing through? See, what Peter is, is warning us is that, that we need to see ourselves as we're here to represent the interests of somebody else. We're here only temporary. Hey? So, you know, when, you know, when you go and visit someplace and you're just vacationing and you're there temporarily, you know, you're limited in what you do, right? Because you know you ain't going to be staying here. Um, you know, how many of you have been on some nice vacation homes and you visited, you know, you stayed in places? You, it's temporary. So knowing that it's temporary, you know, you, you, you change the way you handle things because I know that this thing going to be up in about three or four days. But see, when you're kingdom-minded, you know that is really your permanent home. Everybody say permanent. permanent. See, that's where we believe. That's where we reside. So listen, so for us, we need to look at ourselves as, I'm just passing through. That's why, listen, that's why I don't put too much stock in my stuff. I use my stuff to glorify God. You see, you see, see, we had a brother, we had a men's meeting yesterday. We had a good time sitting up in brother, somebody, I ain't going to say his name. But we had a wonderful time yesterday. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, and all I can think while I was sitting there, the blessing of God, the blessing of God, not just because he had the stuff, but because he was willing to share. Everybody say share. See, you should want to be blessed not to listen, not to hold up on yourself, but you want to listen. You want to be blessed to be a blessing. See, don't just pray, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Start getting into the business of, listen, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I'm going to go with this thing. Y'all remember Solomon. Solomon didn't seek riches. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, Solomon did not seek riches. A lot of people in this world today, what are they seeking? Riches. They want to be rich. They're not rich, but man, and you see them because they're inside the lot. Some of us, watch, inside the 7-Eleven, in Jesus' name. <laughs> teacher, teacher. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> Some of y'all laughing because y'all been there. Amen. Praise the Lord. He, <laughs> see, Solomon never sought riches. But do you know, the Bible said, God said, Solomon, do you know that, that first of all, Solomon was the richest man that ever lived, according to Scripture. Loaded with money. How many know God ain't got problem giving you wealth? God has no problem giving you wealth. God said to Solomon, Solomon, ask me what you want, son, and I'll give it to you. Just ask me. How many of you want God to just drop down one day and ask you that? What do you want? Amen. God, just wake up in the middle of the night. Hey, son, daughter, what do you want? I'll give it to you. And you know it's God, the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills? What would you ask God for? If God were to show up at the foot of your bed, and God was to say, ask me, what do you want? Anything, I'll give it to you. What, ask, answer, ask yourself this question, what would I ask God for? 
because that tells you where your passions are. It tells you what's really important in life. Solomon said, God, you've made me the leader of your people. And this is a great and mighty people. Why? Because God tagged them that way. He said, all I want is wisdom. God, I want wisdom to know how to care for yours. And God said, boy, you didn't even ask me for you didn't ask me for horses and stables and all this stuff for yourself, but you wanted wisdom so you can watch over my people. He said, boy, you know what? Because of that, I'm paraphrasing. He said, because of that, son, he said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'm going to make you the wisest man that ever lived. But not only that, I'm going to make you richer than anybody else. There would never be nobody else would be as rich as you ever, Solomon. People came from all over the world, not only to see Solomon and his wisdom, but they took all of his riches. But how did he get rich? Seeking God. See, there's too many of God's people, they want to be rich. They want money for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. So they're looking for contentment in all the wrong places. How many know that if you want to be content? You got to find, listen, there's some things that you got to do in your life that you need to unveil. You need to have an honest discussion with yourself. Some of you right now, you're in a situation right now, and if you're really, really honest about it, you've really been complaining to God. Nobody's going to tell on you, but you've been complaining to God. Apostle Paul wrote three or four books, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. Y'all know what Paul was when he wrote those books? Paul was in jail, and he's out there writing books like Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Like, what? Brother, you locked up. How can you rejoice? Because Paul had found his contentment was just knowing and having Jesus. Uh, listen, go, 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 to, go to Isaiah chapter 55 real quick. Go, go there real quick. Isaiah chapter 55. Go there. Amen, amen. I got to run there. Isaiah chapter number 55. He says, hold. In other words, hold up, wait, listen. I want to get your attention. This is what he's saying. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, watch this, and you, will, and you who have no money. How many of you are broke today? Ain't shame of it. Amen. Broke. He said, and you who have no money, come by and eat. Yes, come by wine and milk without money and, watch this, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? In other words, for that which don't satisfy. And why you spend your wages for that which does not satisfy, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. So Jesus has switched this thing all the way around. He said, if you, if, 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 if you want contentment, if you want peace, if you want joy, it's not in money. How many know that there's a lot of people, we got to listen, there's a lot of people who've been deceived by money. I mean, there's a lot of people that was right up here who was listening to this morning. They're thinking that if they get money, they're going to be happy. 
Am I right about it? They think if they get money, if they have, then they're going to be totally content. How many know that there are a lot of people that's in their early grave today because even though they had money, they weren't content? Contentment has nothing to do with that. It has to do with finding your joy in him. Jesus says if you want joy, if you want, if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, he says come to me and I'll satisfy you. Come to me and I'll satisfy you. Go back to 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verses 6 through 11. The verse we just read. 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verses verse 6 through 11. Talks here in this verse, he says, hmm, godliness, first of all, he says godliness with contentment is great gain. Everybody say great gain. Great gain. Godliness with contentment, see? in other words, righteous living, holy living, seeking him, living for him, being transformed by him. In God's eyes, God says, listen to me, God says godliness with contentment is great gain. Why? Because he says, we brought nothing into this world, verse 7, and it is certain we ain't taking nothing out. Ain't that something? You brought nothing into this world, so you're not going to take anything out. I'm trying to get you to see. I'm trying to open your eyes to the reality of your situation that perhaps maybe what you're upset about it's all been in vain. Because how many know that Jesus said, I'll give you peace, and the world can't take it away? How many know the peace he gives you, it's supposed to stick? But how many know you can push it away? You can push it away. We can push God's peace away by, by finding our contentment in the wrong things. He says, I like this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. Nobody else seemed to like this one. But he said, therefore, which, which one of them? He said, look at this. He said, therefore, in verse 8, having food and clothing, we, uh, with these we shall be content. Can I ask anybody a question? How many of you are just content with food, clothing, and just the basic necessities of life? How many of you, just, you can say, Pastor, I'm content, just the basics, I'm, I'm good. If God blesses me more, great. If he don't, I'm okay. He says, that this is, and how many know this is Bible? Y'all know this is in the Bible. Y'all just read that verse with me? Yeah, verse number eight. Therefore, having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. He didn't say we can't have more. We shouldn't have more. He just said that wherever you got, you should just be content with the basic necessity. Now, think about it this way. If you just have the basic necessities, how many know that you're supposed to be at rest this morning? Lord God, I don't have everything I want, but I'm happy. I don't have, Lord, uh, uh, you know, I don't have a filet mignon this morning, but, 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 but today for dinner, but you know, Lord, I'm thankful that I got some pork and beans and franks. Lord, you know what, Lord, I, I, I can't go out to my favorite restaurant, but Lord God, I thank you for Bob Evans. Hallelujah. Lord God, I, I can't go to, to, to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Hallelujah. But Lord, I thank you for Ruby Tuesdays. Amen. In other words, Lord, I'm content. Yeah, this is, I would like to go there. If you want to bless me with Ruth Chris, by the way, I'll take it. You know, I just want you to know that. But I'm just saying, but if I don't have that, then I'm okay either way. I'm fine. 
That is what Paul is getting at. See, he says, look, we got to be content with where we are. He says, but those who desire to be rich, he didn't say they were rich. They just desired to be rich. He said, you know, it's interesting what he said there. Look at this. Isn't this, isn't this amazing? In verse 10, in verse number 10, I'm sorry, verse number nine, he says, well, those who desire to be rich will fall into temptation and a snare and into many, everybody say many, many. foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction. Those who desire to be rich. I had a, I had a friend of mine who was, uh, he's all about uh, you know, he wanted to make money. He, he wanted me to kind of start a pyramid, a pyramid scheme in the church. I call them pyramid schemes. Amen. And, uh, you know, and, you know, because every time I talk to him, every time, every time he posting a thing, every time it's always he's flashing cars. And, and, you know, and all of the affection and everything is all about just getting this stuff. And I said to him, I said, he said, brother, I got to wait. You can, you can get your church money. I said, you know what? I, I said, you know what, brother? I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what. Uh, I understand, uh, I think, what you're trying to accomplish here. But, but, but here, here's the problem. I think it's important that the people of God understand that it's not about getting stuff. Y'all hear me? It's not about getting stuff. Amen. And we don't listen to me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because somewhere I read that the meek shall inherit the earth. In other words, you already own it anyway. You know what? You can, if, if, you, if you're really smart, you can ride down to some of these nice places where their homes are nice, and you can say, that right there is mine. That right there is mine, if that make you feel better. Amen. <laughs> you know why? Because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's, right? And God, if, it, if it belongs to God, then you know who else it belongs to? You. So this is why you can't be fussing over stuff. All you need to do is, even people who, who full of pride, who ride in their cars with the lean on and all that, like they, listen to me, you can just say, Man, brother, that's good. the time is almost up for that. Because you don't understand. It ain't about the lean, baby. It is about looking up. <laughs> you see, how many know what I'm talking about? And so, we need to be rich toward God. Everybody say rich, rich. rich. toward God. Look at, I'm going to show you a quick verse. Look at, uh, look at uh, Luke chapter 12. Go to Luke chapter 12 real quick. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 and 21. When you get there, say amen. I want you all to look at these verses. Hallelujah. Look at this. Then one of the, uh, verse number 13. Then one from the crowd said to him, teacher. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. See, covetousness is greed. That's what covetousness is. For one's life, look at this church, get this, for one's life does not consist and the abundance of things that he has. Y'all hear what Jesus is saying there? Your life does not consist of whatever you got. So how many know that some people define their life by what they got? But that doesn't really define you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Verse number 16. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? 
you, you think, you know, for, for us, you know, you think he might be, you know, he might say, well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless God. I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to feed the hungry. I'm going to do some things with my resources that God has given me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all this wonderful thing. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, so watch this. So he said, here's what he said in verse 18. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns. Look at that, church. And I will build me greater. And there I will store up all my crops and all my goods. How do you know that ain't good living? See, good living, as the scripture says, is when you give. Good living is when, listen to me, if, if your life is all about what you're just storing for yourself, you're not really happy. You're not really happy. What makes you happy is when you're in a place where you can give. Jesus said it's better to give than to what? Receive. How many of you really believe that? Look at verse 18. Here's what he said. He says, watch this. And I will say to my soul, soul? <laughs> you can almost see him with a brew in his hand. You know, burping. Huh. Ah. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. In other words, you're set, brother. I'm set. He says, watch this. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Everybody say, but God. <laughs> but God said to him, fool. Did that insult somebody? <laughs> fool. That would preach all by itself, wouldn't it? Fool. <laughs> this night, your soul will be required of you. Watch this. Then whose things be which you have, I'm sorry, uh, this night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You see the difference? See, God don't have a problem with wealth. I, in fact, I, I mean, no, the pastor barely prayed that God has sent some wealthy people in the house. I, I say it again. I ain't scared. Pastor Ben, I pray that God will send some rich people in the house. Amen. Rich in him. Amen. Hey, see, there's a difference. So God didn't have a problem with, Jesus didn't have a problem with this man being wealthy. The problem was, he said, I'm going to store it all, all for myself. And God says, all that stuff, you're a fool. You just gave up everything. You, you don't even know what you're doing. You think you have anything. How many know riches deceives you? Makes you think. This is why, listen, there's no scripture in the Bible that tells you, listen, if you find it, please come back and tell me. There's no scripture in the Bible that tells you to pursue riches. Not one. I searched. I did search. I really searched before I came up and said that. Everything in the word of God says, seek him. And if you seek him, if God wants to, he'll bless you with the riches. Some of us, God will never bless the riches. And you ought to say, thank you, Lord, because I'll take the money and run. Some of you do it. You take the money and you're gone. Where, brother, at? On vacation, on the beach, in the Bahamas, chilling. Every Sunday, every Wednesday. So some of us don't need no riches. Are you hearing me this morning? Some of us don't need, listen, listen. God is God. God knows what God knows you better than you know yourself. Aren't y'all glad about that? How many know that's a safety net? 
So God protects you. God, I want more money. God said, no, I'm going to give you this one. God, I want more. No, I'm going to give you that much. Because you don't know how to handle this one. If I give you that, you'd be dangerous. How you know he's a loving father? Don't you love him? Don't you love him for that? I am so grateful. I am so grateful. But see, we got this thing today. I'm going to talk. Can I, can I talk? You know what? I take my glasses off. I'm about ready to say some things that would be a little controversial. Okay, but I'm going to say something controversial because I think I got to deal with this. So we have in the church today, you know, the, 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 they like to call it a prosperity gospel. I don't know what you call it. But, but there's a spirit that is coming to the church today that seems to put more emphasis on stuff and getting stuff than loving God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and how many know that sometimes they stand up behind the pulpit? And you got a lot of people sitting in there and listen, and they're thinking this is how they think. Oh, I just want to go get my stuff. I want to go get your stuff. And what are you going to do with your stuff? Oh, I just want to go get my stuff. I just want to go get my blessing. And their whole life is relegated to, I just won't mind. See, the problem is that we got to be careful as men and women of God who talk to God's people, that we make sure that we let people know that your passion should be in him. And, and listen, if you want the stuff, want it for the right reason. Want it so you can be a blessing to somebody else. Are you hearing me this morning? And so, so Peter, look at, look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Look at 2 Peter real quick. 2 Peter chapter 2. Go there. I'm going to show you. I'm going to let you lay eyes on this. We're getting ready to finish. 2 Peter chapter number 2. Look at this. 2 Peter chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3. Verses 1 down to verse number 3. Look at this. But there were, watch this. But there were also false prophets among the people in his day. Watch this. Listen to this. Even as there will be false teachers among you. Y'all see that? Who will secretly, in stealth mode, bring in destructive heresies or destructive doctrines. You know, people say sometimes, man, it don't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. Don't, don't buy that heat. You better know your Bible. If somebody preaches, I listen, I stand up here and preach every week, but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna call you with. God called the, the rich guy fool. If you just listen to what I say, you don't go read it and back it up. You're a fool. You listen to me, and then you go back and say, if, if what Pastor Bailey is saying is true. If I'm not preaching the word of God, you have every right. Do you hear me? Amen. Don't be foolish. Don't you just sit back there and take a man's word for it. Amen. See, we got people in this church, they know better. I, mean, I have people come ask me questions. Pastor, what did this say? What is this? I love it. Watch this. Even denying the Lord who brought them. Watch this. And bring on themselves swift destruction. Watch this. And many, everybody say many. Many, many will follow their destructive ways. People chasing the money. And watch this. They want to use God as a means to their own end. So I love God. I want God, but I really want God so that God can give me what I want. In other words, we try to back, backdoor our greed. How many know we, we need to be careful of this thing? He says, by covetousness, everybody say covetousness. That means greediness. They will exploit you. Hear that? Exploit you with deceptive words. See, they lie. They twist the scriptures. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle. I'm going to listen to this. 
and their destruction does not slumber. In other words, God is going to hold them accountable. How many know the gospel is about Christ? The gospel is about Jesus. The gospel is about his death and his resurrection. And anything we get and anything we talk about should be to that end to bring him glory. And everybody said amen. amen. He goes on to say, look at this. In, in, in 2 Peter chapter, look at this, 14. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. And having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. See, this is, this is what happens. See, when people are not well adversed in the things of God, then those who come on the TV sometime and send in your $2,000, and, and God will bless you. Oh, I'm saying it. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Send in your thoughts. You got these poor folk sending in their stuff while they are riding around in luxury and you can barely pay your bill. Something ain't right with that. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Enticing unstable souls. And they have a heart that is trained in covetous practice, practices. And they are a curse children. Did y'all hear that? So here's what I'm trying to say. Any gospel that teaches you to chase the money is not right. Let me say that again. If somebody's preaching you to chase the money, it's not the right thing. They need to teach you to chase God. And then whatever money you want, you want it to glorify God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want it to further his interest in the earth. Lastly, uh, look at Philippians chapter number four. And we're closing right here. Philippians chapter four. How many like Philippians? I told you before that the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians while he was in jail. (laughs) Oh, gosh. While he was in jail. Most of us, we'd be in jail, man. We'd be sweating, begging. I want to get out and mad at everybody, you know. You remember Joseph when he was in jail? What was Joseph doing? Was he mad about it? No, when Joseph was in jail, he served faithfully, amen, and God blessed him. In other words, whatever situation you find yourself in, this is what Paul is saying here. You got you to find happiness. You got to find joy. Watch this. Look at verse number 10. This is Paul talking to the Philippian church. He says now, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. In other words, Paul said to the Philippians, listen, here's what he's saying. He said, he said listen, he said, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that your care for me has flourished again. Because before, the Philippians wanted to give to Paul, and for whatever reason, they couldn't get an offer to him. And Paul understood. Paul said, yeah, I get it. You lacked opportunity. You couldn't do it. He said, I understand that. But just in case, you need to know something, though. Watch this. Look at it. He says, not that I speak in regard to need. Oh, for I have learned. Everybody say learn. And whatever state I am to be what? Content. Oh, did you hear that? Paul said, listen, I, I would have liked your gift. I would have thanked God for the gift. In fact, I was waiting for the gift, but it didn't come to you. But you need to understand that when I didn't have it, I was still all right. 
Yeah, when I, when, when, listen, when I had a little bit, I was fine. I wasn't mad. I wasn't complaining. I want you to know that I have learned. Everybody say learn. See, some of us, you just got to learn this thing. Paul is indicating there that there was a time when I wasn't this way. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you would say that now, Pastor, I, I, I'm still trying to learn this thing. Come on, be honest. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how to do this. But, but if you ask God for grace, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Say, so God, give me grace to be content. Paul said, I have learned that whatever state I am, to be content. He said in verse 12, I like how he said it. He says, look, I know how to be abased. In other words, I know how to live with a whole lot, with overflow. He, I know how to abound. He didn't watch it. He said, in everything, in all things, I have both, I've learned both to be full, have a lot, and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Isn't that amazing? Paul said, here's what I learned, guys. He said, I'll figure this thing out. He said, look, if I got just a little bit, if I don't have nothing at all, he said, he said I'm good. And if I have a lot, if I have a lot, I know how to deal with that too. Not everybody knows how to deal with a lot. Are you hearing me? Amen. Paul says, I am good either way. He says, now here's, you know how people like to take this verse out of context. I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You know how people always butcher that verse. Yeah. But you know what this verse really means? That I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me to endure everything. The bad, the good, the ugly. I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. So I'm going to rejoice with a lot. I'm going to rejoice if I have little. In either way, I'm going to be content. In other words, I'm going to be happy. How many of you say right now, I'm happy in Jesus? Amen. See, you know, if you're happy in Jesus, you ain't going to overspend your money. If you're happy in Jesus, you won't get in debt. If you're happy in Jesus, you won't go trying to buy a house or a car. You know you can't afford and then cry out to God to help you when God told you not to do it in the first place. God help me. You know God is, don't do it. You heard the voice of God. But you lusted. it. You saw it. Ah, gotta have it. And now you're saying, I can't, I can't prioritize the kingdom. Well, sure you can. But how many know that going forward we can? Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. Watch this. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Did y'all hear that? That's a strong word, isn't it? Don't love the things of the world. Enjoy them. Have a good time with them. But don't love them. If God, I, I thought about this. Actually, when I was meditating on this this morning. If God were to come to me and say, Gary, uh, I'm going to downsize you. I'm going to take your house, and I want you to live in a hut. That's drastic, right? It's pretty drastic. And I thought to myself, could I really be content with that? Would I still be happy in Jesus? I'll be honest with you. I really don't know. But I know what I'm supposed to be. I know where I need to be. I need to be in a place that no matter what God gives, if I don't have, listen, if I, if I lose everything, you know how some people, they lose everything, and they really lost everything because Jesus wasn't everything. So when they lose everything, they lose everything, and they want to leave life because that was everything. 
Don't put your trust in every. Put your trust in him. That's it. If you got Jesus, you got everything you need. Love not the world, the things that are in the world. He said, because watch verse 17. This is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Abides forever. Love not the world, the things that are in the world. I want to challenge you this morning. The Holy Spirit is challenging us this morning. That it, that if we're going to get financially free, we're going to begin to reorganize our priorities. The first thing that we have to do is this. You have to be honest with yourself. Have I overspent it? Did I buy a house? Did I buy a car? Did I buy something that now I cannot afford? Did I, because of my lack of contentment, did I make foolish financial decisions and now I'm paying for it? In other words, some of us just need to take a real hard look and say, you know what? And ask the Lord, just the Lord, show me, show me. God loves you so much that he sent me here this morning to let you know that your contentment needs to be in him and him alone. Some of you right now, I know, I know you said you got some tough situations. I get it. I get it. Some of you have been struggling financially. I get it. But if you're really honest, some of that you have bought on yourself. And now it's time to learn. And we it's time now to say, Lord, I want to live my life and I want to give over my finances to you. God, I'm going to live for you. Everything I get, you know what I'm going to think? When you go make a purchase, think about, think about this. How can I use this to advance God's interest in you? And be honest and watch what God does in your life. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.